Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. As usual, let's just take a moment and relax, kind of bring yourself back from whatever else your your mind is wandering about or your emotions or even what else you might be doing and just let yourself be available to anything that God may want to speak to you or reveal to you. You're you're always in him so you don't have to get his attention. You already know every answer to every question you've got. Our our purpose here on this earth is to become one spirit, soul and body. And that's God's purpose for you. So we join him in that purpose, that we would become one, spirit, soul, and body. That's the way God intended us to be. That's how he created our being. So when we do go ahead and focus on ourselves and work on ourselves, that's part of what God wants us to do. Now, with that, we've been talking a lot about the solical abilities that we have in our soul that came with the body. And again, I don't know whether, I don't know when the soul enters the body. I don't know how God does that. Might be something to ask ask him sometime, I guess. But the point being that you have a soul that God gave you. And it was his gift to you, just as your body is his gift to you. And just like your body, we are to use it to the fullest. We want to take care of it. And with our soul, we often, and I don't know whether it's through lack of understanding or because it's not taught or we're just trying to focus so much on our day-to-day lives, but we are ignorant of how our soul works, how our soul functions. We're also ignorant about the other supernatural beings that we coexist with in the supernatural realm. One of my favorite lines from this from the Bible is Paul when he says that we are we are not ignorant of the devil's devices. And and of course we are. At least we are. Maybe not in Paul's days, but we are. We are certainly ignorant of the devil's tactics that he uses on us, as well as the tactics that the world system work uses on us and our own self, our self-flesh, our self-control, our self-aggrandizement, anything about ourself, which is not who you are. It's, it's not your soul. Your soul is what God gave you. Your self is what is trying to get its need, your soul's needs met apart from your, your own reliance and, and the life that is available from your spirit because of your spirits in God. So again, your spirit is one with God right now. So eternal life, eternal power, authority, every aspect, creativity, everything that is true about God is true about your spirit and is available to your soul. Our problem is is our soul was 
you know, when you were brought here onto this earth, your soul was separate from separated from your spirit. And so your soul, right from the very beginning, created something to fill the gap, fill the hole, and that was yourself. We could say that our self is an image of our soul. And we kind of in our heads want to keep those two separate because the soul, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Now it has strengths and weaknesses, but so what? It's your soul. Your soul is going to be stronger in some areas and and weaker in others and have character flaws and temperament issues. But that's the soul God gave you. It's not broken and he's not going to fix it. It's what he gave you to fulfill his purpose here on this earth now. Now yourself, on the other hand, is a created thing. And it was created by your soul to meet your needs because we, again, are born without access to eternal life, without access to spirit. So we, you, me, everybody, creates an image, creates whatever is necessary to fill in the gap that should have been filled, should be being filled by the eternal life of God. And until we have been born again and then therefore have access to that spirit, we don't have options. Eternal life is only available by spirit. So until we can access it because we have been respirited, we are on our own. And God knows that. This is this is what he came up with. This is how he's decided he wants to accomplish his goals in our life. So as you rely on God more and more, he starts, you know, we will continue a bad habit as long as it works. So he starts letting those bad habits fail because he doesn't want us relying on them. And that often brings us real discomfort. And that's that's fine. That's what God's purpose is. Our challenge is our soul and ourself will just try harder unless we know better. <clears throat> and again, we're learning this from God himself. He's teaching us. He's He's revealing through this process, God is revealing who he is to our spirit and through our spirit, to our soul, to meet our needs, to meet our, those, to heal those wounds, to answer the questions, to speak truth and life into us. What, and maybe it would help, what would be the end result of our soul having all its needs met? Let's say tomorrow morning you could wake up and and your soul was completely re your mind for instance was completely renewed back into what into perfect union with your spirit 
Your emotions were perfectly healed and one with your spirit. Your will was all the decisions you make. You, you had the wisdom and the knowledge. And your will was completely one with God, one with your spirit. What would your self look like? Nothing. It wouldn't be there. You wouldn't need it. Because your self is a substitute for the life of God. Again, God knows this is what happens when he withdraws himself, when he withdraws spirit from our being here on this earth. But there's something that ha- that we can only that he can only accomplish in us through this process, and we even if when we don't understand it, we just let him do his thing. This is part of our learning about how to trust him, and and this is also one of the things he's doing is exposing the lies we believe. When you think that you have to earn God's love, none of this other stuff will make any sense because it will only make sense that you have to try harder you have to fix your own behavior you any bad emotions you can't allow you have to stuff them and, and hide from them you can't forgive yourself for making mistakes you're ex- can be extremely critical and hard on yourself and on others because there's an expectation that if you're a christian and God expects you to be perfect, you should be able to be perfect. And what we're finding out, no, God's idea of perfection is spirit, not soul. Your soul is not in the business of being perfect. Your soul is in the business of being a soul. Again, with strengths and weaknesses, character flaws, a bad temper, you know, so many different aspects of our soul that God gave us. God gave you the soul he wanted you to have. It's not broken. He's not going to fix it. But right now, our soul, your soul, my soul, is out of joint with our spirit. It's not fully connected, but we're in progress. The process is what matters. So we're fine. You're right on on track. You're right on time. Because the track and the time are controlled by God himself through your spirit. So wherever you are right now in this process, you're right where God wants you to be. Well, while God is correcting our soul, bringing healing and speaking truth, correcting the lies we believe, again, replacing them with truth, his truth, the true truth, not just a more correct belief, but truth himself. And as he's doing that, only God can restore our soul to our spirit. So that's what he's working on. In the meantime, we are going to learn how to live as a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body. Now, we don't know that much about, really about the nature of our soul 
other than bits and pieces of what has we can can glean from scripture, scriptures and by our own experience. For instance, when I say when I talk about emotions, odds are you have an idea about what those are. But we've also talked about the difference between emotions and feelings. It's the same way as we've talked about the difference between our brain and our mind. The brain is part of the physical being that thinks, but our mind is part of our soul. You could say that reasons. It, that's where our thought processes are about planning and, and, and creativity and relationships and function. So they, and yet, you know, how do we separate them? In the same way with the will. So we are going through this process to reach a final goal of becoming one, where our mind, will, and emotions are fully one with our spirit, so that there is no shadow and turning within us, so that we are one as, as Christ and the Father are one, which wasn't that his prayer, that we would be one. Not one with one another. That comes automatically. For instance, if you're born again, your spirit is one in God. If I'm born again, my spirit is one in God. So if you are one with God and I am one with God, one with God, then we are one with one another. So that's a unifying force that can't be broken, that can't be uh, torn apart by even disagreements that are going on in the supernatural realm. Say two spirit-born-again people meet and they disagree about, you know, the nature of sin or the rapture or, you know, when does life begin? Doesn't matter. Those are all solical disagreements. They can, they are still one in spirit. Now there's a truth about all those questions. And the closer we get, that God draws us in an area. Let's, you know, let's take one of those people that believes a certain thing about Doctrine X, about, well, let's say about when life begins. <clears throat> and that person believe, has a strong belief about that, you know, it, believe, it happens at cer- a certain point. So this, you can take certain actions because it's not life until such and such. It's up to God to show that person truth or change their mind or reveal a wound maybe that's keeping them believing that. Now, the other person, that might not be what God wants to deal with them about at all. And they may, God may have them both in each other's lives for a totally separate issue other than being a comparable or, or being in a, a juxtaposition about a belief about something. So the other person might, what really God is, is dealing with that person about is their, how they think about their family. Maybe over-reliance on using their family to meet their needs. We are all, each on our own path. We are each 
exactly where God wants us to be. So though we can't compare our lives with one another, we can learn from one another. And we can be encouraged by one another. But God is doing his thing. Then we can turn around and look at the commonalities of what we can not not necessarily compare, but all work on together. And those are the abilities of the supernatural, uh, our supernatural abilities that we, that abide in our soul. And again, so many, we want to distinguish them between, you know, that the spirit, they're often called spiritual gifts, but they're not spiritual and they're not gifts. Your soul is a gift. And with that gift, came these abilities. God doesn't, um, you know, oh, after, after careful thought, I've decided to give you these gifts. No, you, you, we all have them. Just like in our, your physical being, he didn't decide after the fact, oh, I'm going to give you fingers and toes. No, they all came as a package deal. And every sense, you you know, your eyes, you're being able to see. Now, of course, everybody doesn't have the same ability you know, that there are, you know, diff- some people have good hearing, some people don't. Some people have good vision, some people don't. All different kinds of varieties. And yet there's an understanding that there's a norm for our physical being. It is normal to have, to be able to see, taste, smell, etc. That's the norm. That's what our bodies were made to be able to do. Then there's deviation from that. Likewise, in our soul, there's certain expectations we should all be able to have of our soul, abilities in our soul. And yet we can just, you know, count pretty much on on one hand, you know, how many hours a week we practice living uh, and taking care of our soul, paying attention to training our soul and bringing our soul into, uh, you know, a use to be the useful aspect of our being, the gift that God gave us. Now, this brings us back to the environment of the supernatural. Our soul our, dwells in a solical realm, and that solical realm is part of a larger supernatural realm. It's not the spiritual. It's not the natural supernatural simply means above nature above natural doesn't even mean better it just means above a higher level and within that supernatural realm are other creatures specifically we often go back to demons and angels and why that's important is that we want to have in our head that because we are spirit beings, if you've been born again, you are a living spirit being. And if you are a living spirit being, you have power and authority over all demons. If you are a living spirit being, you have power and authority over all angels. And in a sense, you have power and authority 
over all soulical beings within the supernatural realm, which would mean other souls. Even when you're not born again, there is still that latent power and authority because you are still a supernatural being. But now your power is only horizontal. It's not over. It's, it's within. But as a soulical being, whether you're, we're considering a human, you and I, or demons or angels, humans, demons, and angels have power and authority over the natural realm. And this is why we see their effects in the natural realm. The effects of angels are either in the natural realm or in the supernatural realm. The effects of the demons are not in the spirit realm. There's only spirit in spirit realm. But they are evident and reveal themselves and function in the supernatural realm, the soulful realm, and the natural realm. And likewise for us, too. This is where we first start finding about finding out about who we are and who God is and how how the natural realm functions. But for some reason we've consistently neglected and there's a timing for everything, so I'm not saying that anybody was ignorant about this, but this is something I believe God is really emphasizing and, and drawing us to, is to be able to learn to live using our supernatural abilities, using the solical abilities, and learning to exercise those abilities in the supernatural realm. And I'm sure there's going to be part of it is in over the natural realm as well. Think about the miracles Jesus did. You know, just start with he turned water into wine. Why? And, and a lot of people want to make a big, you know, this uh, big meaning out of it to me it was like he just wanted to make it simple i have power over the natural realm see and he did he just showed this is this is what it looks like same way as when he raised lazarus i have power over the supernatural realm and the natural realm lazarus was in in the natural realm and and death was in, and I don't know, I think death is probably in the supernatural realm or maybe part of the the world system, which is part of the uh, supernatural realm. But he had, Jesus had power over it. Death is not spiritual. When you die physically, your spirit does not die. So it's not spiritual. So Jesus had total power and authority. But did he have that total power and authority over death because he was the son of God? No. We know that because there were other examples in the scriptures and in history where people have been raised by the dead by other people. So Jesus was able to do the things that he did, not because he was the son of God, but because he knew how the supernatural realm worked and how his own soul worked. He knew his power and authority that dwelt in the soul, in his soul, and he knew how to operate it. And one of his main reasons, I mean, his 
final purpose was to be the Savior. Nobody else was going to do that. He's the only one who could do that. He did that. It's done. But for the rest of us, he needed to be the example. He needed to teach us this is what it looks like to exercise the power and authority that you already have in your soul. And he encouraged, that's why he, he, you know, traveled around with a bunch of people. He was teaching them. He was proclaiming truth. He was explaining truth. And then he was giving, giving an example of truth. And he was revealing the Father by drawing these people to him. And being what his father, his spirit, father, was and is. Because his soul was already one with with spirit. So the examples he gave was, this is how you do miracles. This is how you cast out devils. This is, you know, how you, uh, you know, multiply bread. And he was basically giving them a, you know, uh, giving them an internship on how to live as a Christian. Now, they weren't Christians yet. They didn't have access. Think of that. They did not have access to what you and I have access to. They did not have access to spirit. Jesus was teaching them to live out of their soul, not their self. Not their self, their soul. Their soul to to use their soulical abilities. You and I can turn water into wine. You and I can raise the dead. Well, then, how come we're not doing it ourselves? It's not a physical problem. It's not a problem of our natural being. Certainly not a spiritual problem. You're either in the spirit or out of the spirit. You're either living or dead in your spirit. And if you're living, you have the same characteristics, the same nature as God himself. There's no shadow of turning. There's no doubt. You're, whatever's, you have full eternal life. You have, you've entered the kingdom in your spirit. So the problem is in the soulical realm. It's about your soul. Our problem is our soul. Not the soul itself, but that the soul continues to rely on self to try to get its needs met. They are legitimate needs. They are God-given needs. But we continue to turn back and want to meet those needs ourselves because the main element of our soul is to control. But God gave that need there. Put that need into your soul. So again, we can't argue with it. It just is only able to function perfectly the way it was created when it's united with spirit. Again, how do we how do we get there? Is that's God's job. Healing what needs to be healed, revealing truth to where we believe a lie, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But he will let us continue, we will continue a bad habit as long as it works. So he lets them stop working. While he's doing that, while he's working on bringing, restoring our soul, we are learning how to use our soul. 
value our soul, to learn to live and walk and move and have our being as a spirit being that has a soul and lives in a body. So we look at the life of Jesus. That could be your life, except for the salvation part, except for the Savior. Only, we only had one Savior. We only had one possible candidate for that job. That's taken. Check. We're done with that. And you, you, know, you may go through your whole life not, not achieving anything worthy of note in your own mind. But that's not the purpose of why we're here. It's not, your purpose is not to change the world. Your purpose is to become one. Now, in the process, you may change the world. I think about Paul. And, you know, when, you, when we think about all he went through, and, you, you, know, you know, everybody deserting him and, and being stoned, et cetera, et cetera. So many terrible things happened to him. And yet he persevered and he built, you know, so much of the, of the church and he, you know, um, the doctrines he established and so much of our, what we understand about the way God does things through his letters. And yet at the end of his life, he was sure he had failed. And we, so we don't measure according to what we think is profitable, what we think our purpose is. No, instead we recognize that, that God is the one who is drawing us day by day, step by step down that pathway. And, and we can trust him. We can let him do that and enjoy the process We've talked many times about that uh, appreciation. That's one of the ways we know that we're, we're uh, you know, we have a, a, an appropriate uh, approach to something. But there's also the rest. We, you can be busy and on the go 24-7 and completely productive and at perfect rest and contentment. So those are other things we're going to talk about. So we'll probably be making some changes in how we do some things here at um, uh, therainersclub.org. But feel free to drop me a line at dianatherainersclub.org or through Blog Talk Radio or through the contact form on the website. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be getting back together again the same time next week. Until then, this has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.